Hello, and welcome to the Special Needs Sibling Podcast, where we talk about what life is really like as a sibling to someone with special needs. I'm your host, Charlene, and today our guest is Allie. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm like As you're saying that, I'm almost wishing that I was back at my parents' house with just the boys just like moaning and yelling in Aww. the background. <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, that would have been a perfect intro. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm in my quiet Brooklyn apartment today, which is definitely you know, a weird feeling, but we'll, we'll get to that when we talk yeah. about oh, it. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. I'm sure it's going to like, come okay. out and, <laughs> we'll get to yeah. that. but that's the fun part. It's kind of like, I, I feel like as we're adults and then people are, I think the majority of people I have talked to don't live with their siblings anymore in the yes. same place. Yeah. Okay. So it's an interesting thing to like, kind of look back and like what we're like now, what they're like now, what it was totally. like, and then kind of like all the evolution things. Yep. Um, so could you tell us about your family, like birth order, how many siblings you have, who's disability, Yeah, Yeah, so um, I am the oldest of four. Um, <laughs> I start to laugh about it because it's like, here we go, here, yeah. here's the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, I'm the oldest of four, but I have to remember I'm telling it to you. I'm not like gearing up to tell someone like a shark attack story. No, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm the oldest of four. Um, I have three autistic brothers underneath me. Um, so I have Michael, um, who is, uh, if I'm, he's 29. Um, I have Anthony, my middle brother, who is uh, 24. And Luke, my youngest, who is 22. Um, confirming those ages in my head right now with the years. But I think that's where we're at, at least now. You're, yeah, you're, you're probably close yeah. enough. Where, like, yeah, we're all like two years apart. And then there's that seven years between me and Anthony. So I'm like, you know, yeah, it's so a lot kind of to keep like up the with. Reverse math. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's uh, so it's the four of us. And then my parents, uh, my parents are still together. They've been married for like 36 years. They just celebrated like their 36th anniversary. Oh, that's Something exciting. wild uh, yeah. last, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the order. That's the run of that's the run of show in my house. Um, I will say, and like I, I say this in my story a lot, like the spectrum is kind of perfectly represented um, under my roof, just because all three of the boys fall so differently on the spectrum. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, are I mean, there's going to be some overlap just because like you're in the same family and there's certain things that sure. will overlap no matter what. But yeah, so they're all kind of all over the place on the spectrum on top of all the other things. Yeah, exactly. So Michael, Michael, my oldest is completely nonverbal. Um, he's the lowest functioning. And I said this um, before, and like, I want to preface this, like I say low functioning because, and I know that this is like a con controversial kind of way to label people, low functioning, mm. high functioning, like yeah. with this story coming out, one thing I want to make super clear for not just me, but also for siblings who grew up in our situation. Like mm -hmm. I was six years old. Like I remember where I was four when my oldest was diagnosed, but like I was six when I remember really starting to like talk about it and fundraising. And it's like, this is something that's been in my brain for over 25 years, yes. you know? And it's like high functioning, low functioning, like sometimes things just need labels. Like, that, you know, <laughs> and, and that's what makes it easy to kind of describe my, my situation. So I definitely will say high functioning and low functioning a lot. Um, when I'm referring to my brothers, but that's just because that's how it was referred to when I was, you know, being raised and when all this was, you know, kind of laying yeah. out in my brain. Um, and on, yeah, I'll ahead, say on top of that, like the, it's, it was also very different in the nineties when people didn't 
we didn't they didn't have other terms at that time. Like now exactly. it's very different because obviously there's more people who are diagnosed. All of those people have gotten older. There's kind of like more Probably. medical. There's there's actually terms that you can use because there's even people when I talk to them, they're. Their sibling was like diagnosed in the eighties, and that was a right. whole different like era. Oh yeah, because well, there's... there's stuff that they'll talk about that's like completely irrelevant now. But yeah, right. so I well, think they'll still say in the nineties. Yeah, they'll still say retard or like things like that. Like that's yeah. A, you know, so it's just like, a different that's... decade of of totally. things. Totally. Yeah. I did have someone. I did have someone say to me recently because I posted on um, the Sibnet group, and I think that's probably how we kind of got connected. Um, I didn't know how to refer to it. And someone said high, high needs or like, or like increased needs. And I was reading this comment and I was like, give me a break. Like, uh, no, no, we're going to go with, we're going to go with high and low functioning here. So, you know, long story long, um, my oldest, (laughs) my oldest is completely nonverbal and very low functioning. So he, um, he really just kind of sits up in his room and like watches um, old Disney movies, old Barney movies, sing along songs. Um, he lost his sight completely in 2008 because he was nonverbal. He couldn't really tell us like, hey, guys, I can't really see. Um, oh, and that ho- happened over and happened over like a probably a, a period like six months to a year. And his optic nerve is completely dead. So he has no oh. sight, no, no chance of getting it back. Wow. So that's so that's a second sense gone. Can't see, can't speak. Yeah. Um, and he's also epileptic, so he's on medication for oh, that. So he's that. Oh my so he really is like he has it the worst in our house for sure. Okay. Um, but he is also like the gentlest, the sweetest, like the Aww. the like the the most calm. Like you know, yeah. he he really like gentle. Gentle is the best way to to describe him. Like when he touches you, everything is so light. Um. Then you have uh, Anthony, my middle brother, um, who thinks he's the star of the show. Um, <laughs> he is very high functioning um, socially. Uh, I, I want to be careful in saying that because he has a significant level of OCD, which makes it really hard for him to function socially as well. But he's oh, very sure. socially aware. Yeah. He's the one that I have like the closest relationship to because we he talks. So we talk on the phone. Uh, oh, we talk okay. on FaceTime. Like we can actually have a relationship. Um, yeah. He loves music and he loves to dance. Um, but his OCD definitely makes it super hard to just kind of like, just, you know, live a, live a normal life. Like he definitely yeah. has behaviors for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Then I have Luke, uh, the baby who is kind of like in the middle. He's like a mix of, of Michael and Anthony, whereas like he's okay. very gentle and very well behaved like Michael. He's verbal like Anthony, but only when he wants to be. So like you really have to get him to talk. You have to say like, hi, Lukey. Like, Lukey. Oh, like, okay. And he'll, he'll, a whole sentence, but like he's ne- never unprovoked unless he really wants something like popcorn. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but for the for the most part, he he's kind of like smack in the middle. But I do think he's probably the smartest of all of them. Interesting. Um, okay. And he's the most well behaved. Like you tell him to do anything, and he does it immediately. So all right. So that's my that's my circus. I like to call it uh, Allie's House of Autism because uh, oh, as a writer, yeah. as a writer, I definitely love a little alliteration. So <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I was like, that's such an interesting 
kind of mixed too as a general statement like is you're all yeah that that's a I try to make a I have to make a joke out of everything I think that's the only way for me to like get through because it gets uncomfortable like I'm sure you know like especially with I think the severity of my situation like people really don't know how to handle you know hearing that that info so for me delivering it with humor is the only way because it may like you feeling uncomfortable makes me feel uncomfortable like pity all you know like all that um but then also like you know if people were to act like it's not a big deal then it's also annoying so it's like you know yeah it's like would you rather be insulted or annoyed and it's like you know you gotta have to pick out of the two which is like I mean, which is, like, the unfortunate thing, which is, like, hopefully, like, given more time with just, like, the way that people can be educated and just meet more people, and hopefully that will change over time. But, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very fine line, and I feel like as a, mm-hmm. as a sib versus a parent, it's a very different thing, right? Because it's a parent that you're kind of, like... I don't know. It's it's just there's a different. You just take it very different when people when your friends respond and stuff. It's just not. It's not. You know, it's so it's so interesting. Um, I was with my best friend yesterday or a couple days ago, and she just had another baby. She's had two kids now, and um, she was telling me about how she was at her nephew's baseball game and and how he wasn't doing so well and just like the internal worry and like. She was like, I thought sports were supposed to be fun. And now I'm realizing she's like, I'm sitting there watching like my aunt and uncle like stressed. And, and, and as I'm listening to her say this, I'm like, this is how I felt my whole life. Yeah. Like with, with my brothers, you know, like just like always like stressed and afraid that like, you know, something is going to go wrong or that like someone's going to say something to them or whatever. And it, it just kind of, it had me thinking like of, co- of course I'm being it's my best friend I'm being there supportive I totally hear oh, you yeah, but right, it yeah. had me in the back of my mind knowing that I was coming on to talk to you and I was just like wow like there are so many people that have never known anything different like you know never really yeah. got to be a kid themselves like I never got to experience anything with innocence yeah and it's and it's interesting because then I think I had I had something similar had happened like probably a couple years ago at work or something, and it was like, I had never realized that I was just living on stress and adrenaline. Like, because you don't, like, in real time, when you live with them, you don't know it. And then, so we fast forward, right, like, I move out, and then, at some point, I was with people, and they were so stressed out, and I was like, I don't, and it was at a point where I realized what the difference was, and I was like, I don't, I don't, do you know that you feel that way? And, and it was just, it's just, it was this weird, like out of body yeah. experience where I was like, I know how you feel, but like you, you seem like not only are you stressed, but you're like making a big deal that you're stressed. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's such a weird, cause I'm like, but that, yes. that was normal. That's, that's right. That was our normal for 20 oh. plus years. Right. And it's, it's so fascinating to watch other people kind of yeah i mean not panic but a little bit totally just because it's totally. so but it but then it makes you realize because i was talking to somebody else and it and it, we were talking about how the fact that it takes so much more for us to be stressed also means like the yeah. the threshold is higher which is not necessarily a good thing 
But well, it makes I'm it even so thinking, fascinating at the same time. It's it's the like our threshold for asking for help. Like that's that's what it is yeah. for me. Like I am realizing like my friends all the time, like when I'm super stressed or when there's something really bad going on in my life, like I kind of don't tell anybody about it or I go ghost and people are like, what's going on? Like my alley senses are going and it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't, I physically cannot ask for help because there was no room to, or like there was room to, of course, we're growing up. Of course, your parents want you to be able to ask for help, but you're watching, you're watching them constantly moving and doing for the three of them that it's like, I'm not going to give them another thing to worry about. And then that, and then that carries through to all of your friendships. So it's like, yeah, my friends are stressed and they can see it and I'm, I'm super stressed, but I'm not showing it because I'm conditioned to think that other, like, yeah, me, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, Mm-hmm. It's definitely, and I really, I'm glad that you said that before you said um, survival something and, I, and it came to popped in my head survival mode. Like I was, yeah. I was, I was functioning on autopilot in survival mode in my parents' house until I moved out. And yeah. now yep, it's, exactly. a, a, yep. it's a constant battle of like, like little alley and adult alley. So like yes. I, it's, yep. it's the, it's the, it's, am I still, am I acting in survival mode right now? Or am I like having an outer body experience? Like the silence we talk about, like I was just thinking like I need to get like an Alexa or a Google or something that like starts like talk radio at like, you know, 7 a.m. Because the silence alone in my house after 20, I I moved out of my parents' house at 26. I'm 31. So, you know, all these years I'm still having like an outer body experience. Like all those years growing up with, Barney blasting at 6 a.m. Like, like (laughs) silence meant something was wrong. Silence meant someone ran away. Silence meant, you know, they were, silence meant that they moved into the group homes and now my family is never going to be the same. Like silence has never been a good sign. Yeah. So when you move out and now I'm, now it's, everyone's like, oh, you have peace. Oh my God, peace for the first time, your own life. And it's like, I mean, wait, that's true for like an hour, right? Yeah, you, you can take a shower. Even... You can take a shower and like have a cup of coffee and and in silence an and like hour. that's fine. But once yeah. we get to like your regular routine of the day, then it's a, totally. that's when it gets eerie. Like it feels well, and it, and it like doesn't sit well. Like there's one thing to be yeah. said of silence for people who actually just don't do well in quiet, and that's a nice, yeah. and and I recognize now very recently that that's that is different than what we're talking about 100 percent. and i never knew that that was different to be honest like as growing up i was like because it was just kind of this thing like oh you know it's good to like reflect when it's quiet or meditate when it's quiet or like or you know all, and all these things and right i was like but i don't do quiet but i now realize it's like no but there is a certain level of like oh it's uncomfortable because you're used to like your phone and you know birds traffic whatever but there's right. a different like but you feel alone and you know that you're alone and you're like, wait, yes. <laughs> something. Yeah. It doesn't sit right. Cause you're like, but yeah. you want to be with the people that have, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's different. It's the loss. The same. Yeah. It's different. 
it's the loss of identity and that's what like I'm glad that you said like for you said like for a day like when I first moved out of my parents house the first six months I was having the time of my life like I was going crazy but like I didn't realize was I really having the time of my life or I was super lost and I was looking for community in men in new groups of friends like And then, and then, you know, I got myself into some shit and then six months in, I, I crash and burn and I realize, oh my God, like I have no identity outside of my brothers and my family yep, situation. Yeah, I, I hit that too in a different way, but I, I understand. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. And yeah. now here we are, here we are like four or five years later and I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I definitely am nowhere near where I was back then in my head. But, yeah. and, and I think moving into my thirties also has definitely given me a, definitely a different perspective and, you know, that yeah. wisdom that everyone else gets, but like, it's a constant, it's a constant uh, battle. And that's why I think it's so important to start having this conversation. And that's why I wanted to write my book because like, mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily have special needs. So I, I learned in like my glass children uh, research, <laughs> you know, right. cause I write, I'll write a whole book about being a glass child never once hearing the term glass child I, oh, hit I heard that on my... literally within the last six months is when i heard right. that term i've never heard it but i'm like that was my life anyway but i guess we have I know. now to illustrate what's happening it's like someone put out like a google ad for all the sibs and it all hit us at it hit us yeah at exactly you know like, yeah 100 percent so like I went back after I you know submitted my manuscript and I don't mention Glass Child once in 300 pages and I'm right. watching all of these like TED talks on on being a Glass Child and I'm just like oh my god this is crazy like this is like but my point is um Glass like the Glass Child argument isn't just like a, a sibling situation or it's not just a special needs sibling situation Correct. it could be it yeah. could be your parent was sick it's just anybody that grew up in a house where they were the underdog it's the living in the shadows like I, I don't yes. like to say that Ashley Simpson millennial girl like you remember that <laughs> Ashley Simpson song like yes, I do. that's that's what it is like and I like I've had so many people reach out to me um after reading my book saying like my family situation is nowhere near yours but I see so much in this and I'm 32 and I'm still finding myself in these relationships and it's just Mm. I just feel like there's such a bigger conversation for um just like I don't want to say glass children I just want to say like like maybe it's millennials our generation I don't know who it is but I just feel like there needs to be like a really super open conversation or dialogue dialogue is better um, for people like us who like yeah. might not if you feel like you're left behind or like we don't have it all together and it's like I think there are a lot more people out there struggling than we realize yeah and and it's this thing where it, it's kind of like who do you talk to also yeah right because yeah I'm sure I'm sure you myself and and, uh, and everyone else has who has been on here right it's it's very much like you already fight battles at home right? yes. with yourself, with your sibling, with your parents, with whoever's going to walk through your front door in public when you're with them. And it's like, how much more energy am I willing to spend yes. to may or that may or may not happen where my friend's going to understand what I'm talking about? It's just like, totally. you kind of just stop caring a little bit. Yeah. So, certain, yeah. On a bad day, on a bad day, you just don't care, right? Because you're like, yeah, disassociate. I'm suffering, like, I'd rather j- just leave me alone. Yeah. Right. It's not because it's just, and and that's what's 
and that's the thing, right? It's just like when when you're 15 and you feel like that 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 there's Ugh. a couple of other things that are happening, but it's just like yep. the older you get, like if you really don't find even one friend, not even that's a sim, yeah. right? But that that's just willing to hear you out. It's like yeah, it's so hard because it's like you do need community to kind of like. Yeah. Snap you back a little bit, even if it is a yeah. snap you back in reality, just to, for you to like vent and just to let it out and like yeah. you can't internalize it forever. Like that's yeah, that's hard. And I think like that's the point, and that's the point. Like that's why I want to have this conversation is because mm-hmm. like we, it's these kids should be reached out to. They shouldn't be reaching mm. out looking for help. So like one thing I think like like you said like support groups. When I was younger, I did not want to talk about this shit. Like this was my life. Yeah. Like I, it nothing was gonna change it. I didn't want to go to like these support groups, you know, I, I, I wanted, there was also things inside me that I like, I didn't realize I was dealing with that were directly tied to the boys, but I thought weren't tied to the boys, you know? So like made it like made me, made me feel bad. I've had like so many, like since, since writing this book and like, I'm trying to promote it. I've definitely been um, talking a lot with like my brother's school and like the agencies and like the SIP networks. Okay. And I've tried to, they want to try to get me to, or not they want, we're trying to work together to kind of like energize the next generation of sibling advocates. Because right now there's like mm-hmm. the sib groups that uh, that I'm involved in with my brothers. They're all like in their seventies and eighties. And like, this wow. is like, they're, de- they're dealing, <laughs> it's like these people are dealing with the logistics of being a sib. What I feel is important, like right now, what, our generation of sibs needs is the support for the social side of it we don't necessarily have to worry about the the finances or the services yet because most of our parents are still alive some of us are lucky enough for them to be in group homes our generation like we need to learn how to figure out um like number one how do I feel okay in myself like how do I number one who am I like what's my identity (laughs) number two like if I have kids, are they going to be autistic? Number three, is yeah. my partner's family going to gonna be able to accept them? Um, you know, will I ever be able to go on vacation? Like, I really, right. miss my, <laughs> I really miss my brothers. Like, I can't, like, my brothers have never been to my apartment, like, because Anthony is terrified of dogs. And I live in Brooklyn where babies have been replaced with dogs. And it's yeah, like, if saying, I bring... there's like an infinite amount of dogs in Brooklyn. Like in my, even my it's imagination, insane. I'm like, I, I imagine like six dogs like outside your window, like right, right. Now. Like... right. But like, these are, these are things that like, as a sib, I need to talk to about someone because it's really frustrating that like, I can't go out to eat in Brooklyn. Like I can't bring my brother because someone might have their dog there and he's going to have an absolute <laughs> heart attack. Yeah. But like, that's not, but I can't have that conversation with just anyone because so many people are dog lovers. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, like yeah. there's that support. Like, I feel like there, there's the sibling support that like, we need it for a certain, there's different levels, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, like, a, our age of people. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, how do we, how can we be there for each other emotionally? I feel like our support needs to come emotionally that's you know rather than logistically it's it's less about oh I'm gonna be the because I do write a lot about how like I'm gonna be the only one with them when my parents are gone and that's the loneliest feeling and I think that's kind of like what sets the standard for that ultimate feeling of loneliness at the end of the day like I don't have any other typical siblings like I am gonna be alone with them but until that happens like what can I what can I like focus on now? And it's like, how do I make myself, how do I want to feel every day? 
Yeah, and you I know? mean, I th- I think there's lots of there's lots of hope for like this middle ground that we're talking about. Because I mean, jumping from the Sibs who are in like their 60s, 70s, 80s, kind of like where they're at now, there there has been an increase even like when like Sib shops for younger kids. Which right. I don't, I don't. I, they might have existed when we were younger. I just never. They didn't. I don't think they did, but I don't know. But then the the reassuring thing is, I have met Sibs who run Sib shops, which yes. is very different than just anyone running one of those. Right. So and I think that's it's it, it's definitely like that means that there's at least people like in this gap that are seeing like, okay, Hey, like it's an issue. Is this kind of like what kind of like age group demographic of people are we targeting? I think that's it. It's we'll see how long it takes, but it's at at least we're moving all in that direction. Cause obviously like the, the older that we all get, the more that we're all like, Hey, like this is an issue guys. (laughs) Like, yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's kind of the, the also the exciting thing at the same time because our timelines are very similar, which was like so yeah. funny because we had never met till now. Yeah. Right. It's because I also because I got married and moved out at twenty six. Right. My sister's in the group home. Like, then just like the yeah when you wrote your book and the timing of it is it was just so funny because we're like wow like this just the the coincidences and yep. like the yep. alignment is crazy even though like we're literally on opposite sides of the country. Exactly. But like, exactly. And but don't yeah, even have yeah. Don't even have necessarily the same the exact same story. And that's like one thing right. that I'm learning is that like with this like glass children thing, like everyone's environment can be so different, but it's the it's the way our brains were cha- trained yeah. are so are really so similar. Like it really, you know, it's yeah. it's intense. It's intense. It's so like what I'm thinking like that we need is connection. Like it's yeah. not necessarily support. It's knowing other people because like when you when I say something and you say, oh my god, I feel the same way. Or like when you said yeah. when I moved out of my house, I realized that like that shit makes me feel so much better. Yeah, because like I just like feel like I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I want someone else to say it out loud, and I want to feel yeah. less bad. And I feel like that's what, I feel like that's what I want all, like, that's what we all want, you know, like, we don't want to talk about it. We, we think about it enough. Like we've been talking about it our whole lives. People have been asking about it, us about this our whole lives, but like, we haven't been telling each other. And it's like, you know, I just like, feel like I was like, I was 26, move out, losing my mind. Everyone around me is in like healthy relationships and I just keep picking the same men. Like I just keep putting everyone else before myself. And I'm like, why, why is this happening to me? Like, why is this happening? And then like, you know, it, it takes years. And then I start like not making connections, but doing research and hearing stories. So like hearing the story, like hearing the Ted talks or whatever. And, and then that, and then writing the book and then, being connected to you like yeah it was it was hearing the stories and I was like oh my god like okay I don't feel as bad anymore granted I mean two days ago I was definitely like crying in my room like I'm 31 and I <laughs> operate like a 16 year old oh no I because... I cried the other day too but for other for very different reasons but I very much right. understand your pain point like it's it's coming right. from all the very similar place yeah <laughs> exactly like everyone's everyone's stressors are different but I think at the end of the day all of our brains have been 
have been developed in the same traumatic way that we have the same approach to thinking. Yeah, and and it's it's so much like there's so much work in general to be done on multiple levels, right? There's a lot of work that we do in ourselves to get to a point where we need to recognize Ugh. whatever our own faults and whatever we need to do. There's work on other people's behalves where like you need to just actively listen to what I'm saying and not try to fix it or give me here's a solution of any sort, right? Right. And there's and then there's and that's just like our friends, right? And there's all this there's like family stuff, which is a whole different dynamic of like, you know Yes. Ugh. I one of the things I've learned is like acceptance of the situation that we grew up in in our family is not created equal and it doesn't need to be. And I think that's something that I did not, I never really understood that till as I've been talking to people now and realizing like, you know, like me looking at acceptance of like where my sister is at and where I'm at with my parents Uh. and my family is going to look one way. Like it looked one way when I was under 26, but when I was living at home, it looked one way. And I thought it's going to look like that, like that forever. Right. I was very much like, I function like this. It's going to look like this. It's this, this is how I'm yeah. going to just be like this forever. It's not going to change. And then you move out that you're like, wow, my life is crappy. And I really, it's like, it's, it's a shit show. Right. And it's this yeah. thing where like, you know, that's, that's not bad. It's just, it's this, it's this very much like unveiling of what the real world on the outside is. Right. Cause ultimately like even yes, we're, we live in a world where things happen, but like, you're such in a bubble with how your family operates with your sibling, no matter what disability or hindrance your sibling or family has in general. Right. And the thing is like, until you are removed from it, or you're really very well connected to people who are outside that bubble, whichever is, is works for you is you don't know. And so that, and then that creates this identity crisis where it's like, well, what and, and that's everyone has their own journey with their identity crisis but all that to say like if we fast forward from that point right the acceptance of what i now see in my life with my sister and my parents and it's it's very different and i would have not like i would have not imagined moving 11 and a half hours away from my sister like that if you had told my 20 year old self that i would have like shot you yeah, yeah, right. Because it's not 100%. It, that wasn't part of the picture, right? That your brain is very. Not only are we kind of told these things about like, hey, your siblings more important than you, like subconsciously, obviously, but yeah, yeah, you also like you internalize the caregiving thing, and that's and I think that's uh-huh. why it's such a big deal because I'm sure, you know, in in the the older siblings I've talked to who kind of like their siblings, you know, got diagnosed like in the 80s and before that, yeah. like that's all very much what they were told is a different like they're told you're just gonna take care of your sibling because right the level of group homes and uh they didn't not, exist. not staff care like the you know the in, the in-home care yeah the level of yeah. that is so much increased now in oh, the yeah. last 20 totally. years like it'll yeah. be different by the time that our siblings are like even older that whole Absolutely. next generation of kids is gonna be Absolutely. so different like yeah yeah it's so funny like you say that um like i'm thinking about um like the group homes, um, and uh, yeah, I I, uh, I also like I, I think a lot of the time like 
like one solution like yeah. could a bit like I feel like if someone in my family because like so you you bring up the group homes and like I also have a question for you like I, I wrote this down before like mm -hmm. when you said acceptance like I wondered how um once your sibling went into the group home like what that looked like for your family like mm -hmm. acceptance wise but um I had like I had a whole thing I was I literally wanted to 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 talk to you about and I'm blanking on it right now. Uh, it'll um, come, I'm sure. <laughs> you, no, no, no. It it definitely it definitely yeah. will. Oh yes, you, no. So I wanted to say um like that internal caregiving. Yeah. Right? Okay. So there, like, yeah. <laughs> So like I have always like I grew up like in the creative industry like I'm I'm a writer I'm a marketer like I always wanted to like maybe go to LA or like whatever oh, yeah. I've I've always told myself I can't leave New York like I, my brothers are my responsibility I can't be far away from them yeah. and like my mom putting the boys in the group home was for me right so that I could live my own life so that I could do yes. what I want yeah but I can't but I can't like there's no like that wouldn't that wouldn't feel that wouldn't feel right to me you know so mm -hmm. like yeah like I totally totally relate to what you're saying and like that yeah. like that it's it's chemical you know it's like yeah. I can't no matter how many resources there is and then that brings me to my what I wanted to ask you was yeah. like when my mom put the boys um into the group home she was doing that for me because I was I was a sophomore in college so like you know, she yeah. wanted, she wanted me to feel like I had opportunity to pick a job or do whatever. Right. Um, but definitely there were certain family members that didn't talk to her or my dad for a year because like we're Italian and we don't do that. You know, we take care of our, oh, of see. our own. Okay. And, yeah. and I know that, and maybe not just, and that was never like said to my parents, but right. people didn't talk to that. Like, you know, like you could feel the judgment and I'm sure that my parents, you know, felt that and when you were talking about um acceptance before mm -hmm. that's what I almost wondered is like I wonder if our people so like p siblings who have um siblings in group homes like yeah. I wonder if that's another kind of like underlying thing like I definitely feel selfish because I feel like they're in the group home because I couldn't take care you know because my mom oh, didn't want me to have to take care of them but at the end of the day like I'm still living a small life here like what do other people think like there's just so many yeah. moving, so many moving parts yeah but it, did your family like your extended family like was that uh, a thing when your parents put your sibling in the group home so I'm like I'm thinking about it and so it's so Forgive my like I'm processing in real time as I'm talking to you about. So if I if I jump around, story of my life. But yeah, so story of my life. So the so the thing growing up with my extended family is that when we had larger like family gatherings, you know, like Christmas, Thanksgiving, all those big holidays and stuff. So the thing mm -hmm. is like my parents would always go late. Yes. Like, it's not like we would, because, you know, sister can't do all that for yep. that long of a period. Not not before. She probably could now. But yeah, when you, when, you know, when they're young, they're just running yeah. around and all this stuff is happening. So, like, 
I don't really, like, I feel like all of my extended family, like, they they know about Angela, and, like, they're aware of certain things, but I don't know how, like, well, well, they really understand it, and so sure. the thing is, as we got older, it's kind of like, we didn't always go to them or even if we did right by that time right. that i had met my husband so then i was like i was just at his family all the time i'm like his family seems happier so i'm just gonna yeah. go <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna go where i feel better and not feel like i'm right. like in a box and so but so when they found her housing so they found her housing in 2017 okay and then she probably she moved in like 2021 but that's when they like decided where they were going to put her was kind of like in the 2017 sure. range. And so I feel like most people, because of the situation of like how they got the housing and stuff like that, most people were pretty like, oh, that's so cool. Um, So my, um, how do I phrase this? Acceptance issues were having to deal with that I... F- in my inside feelings, yeah. I felt like my parents cared more about the housing than me because it became sure. this very, very all-consuming, we're going to go here, we got to go to this meeting, we're going to do this, we have to make sure she's adjusted. But, like, it was very much like they, like, that was like the third child because it's just, it's just me and Angela. So the yeah. housing was like the third child, right? And I'm like, well, yeah. I, so it's, like her living in the housing was fine. Like I like that was like I'm like great. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, it yeah. gave me it very similar to how like you know you felt like you could. There's part of you that is like oh I'm released right. There's obviously a different part of you that's connected. Right. But the part of me that was released I was like, I can move now, and that was a very big deal. Like I did feel like the yeah. relief of like oh I'm not, I am not obligated by force to stay. And that was a yeah. that, was, that that's a very big deal. But at the same, like, but my acceptance thing was not that because I love. She's in a great place. Like I like the people she lives with, and I've met all those families stuff, and they're great people, and I have no issues right. with that. But in inside my family, I'm like, that housing is still like it's it's an issue of yeah. my acceptance of like well, we, which is like it's the elephant in the room, right? Like, am I really gonna bring that up and fight with my parents? No. Like, no, what are yeah. you gonna do? Complete. What am I going to do? Complain that my sister's yeah. in a good housing, but I'm just over here. You still forgot about me. Like, no, I'm not going to yeah. have a conversation. Right? Yeah, it's, no, exactly. Like, like, what we were talking about earlier, right? Like, it's just, it's not worth it. And yeah. really the only people who I'm willing to tell that to, I mean, well, now it doesn't matter because I'm recording it, but like, but right, right while it's happening, right? Yeah. It's like my husband knew. Right. That's it. Right, and if I didn't yeah, have him, totally. no one would know. <laughs> yeah, no, right? absolutely. Like it's very, like it's. it's I feel such, the same. Like, I feel the same way. Yeah. Like I don't like to. I don't like to talk about like even now. Like I wrote the book, and now people want to talk about it. And I'm I like, was going to ask you how you're I feeling wrote, about all that, but like clearly. Oh, like, uh, <laughs> I'm like I wrote the book for a reason. Like go do it. Go read it there. Like I don't want to yeah. talk about this anymore. Like yeah it's it's like funny like when when you said that before like I just like wrote it down because obviously yeah. my memory's shot right like from trauma like yeah, um for sure, I, I I felt when the boys went in 
and I don't know, maybe so my brothers went in, I graduated college 2014. They went in when I was a sophomore. So like around 2012 ish, 2012, 2013, they've, they've been in for 10 years. I don't know if it's because I was still like 23 at the time or 22, whatever I was at the time, like, Mm -hmm. but I didn't feel freer. I felt lost. Like I felt, Mm. it felt like a, it felt like a death. And I think that's because like, when I went away to college, I was in college. Like that was, it was yeah, different. That's, like, that's your and own I, milestone that you've hit. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, not that I wasn't, I was still having those, like the little peaks of the identi- identity crisis started yeah. happening in college. Like my major mental health issues okay. really started happening in college when I was away. But then when they went into the group home and I started coming home on breaks, Mm. now there now there was no refuge because it was like all right I went away to college so it was a, it was like I was like kind of slowly weaning myself off went away to college I would come home back to the chaos back to the circus I would feel like myself again um you know I I the first year of college I went somewhere else and I was coming home every weekend because I just felt yeah. so out of place and then you know sophomore year I go to a new school they go into the group home and now I'm coming home so now I'm feeling alone at school and then I come home and the boys aren't here and it feels like they died, but they didn't die. They're still here. And yeah. like, but like, I'm, my parents are sad. I should, I can't show that I'm sad because this right. is ultimately hardest for them. And they were making this decision for me. Yeah. So I should be grateful. You should be appreciative and like, thankful I should feel and all grateful. The, all of these insert word here. Like, yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Right. And then that was when I realized, like, where is home? Like, I yeah. feel like I yeah. feel like I lost. Yeah. I feel like I lost my home. And yeah. ever since then, I don't think I ever got it back. Like, I'm still trying to. Like, I think now, like, the apartment I have in now. This is my third apartment, and yeah. I've been in therapy for three years, and I've been through two really traumatic relationships, and yeah. like, I think I'm finally now feeling like home is where I am yeah but there was so there was so many years that I felt like home was where my brothers were and then I started going to therapy and then I would go home to visit my family on the weekends when the boys are home from the group homes and I felt that didn't feel right anymore because then I started feeling like resentful like oh all of this shit I'm learning in therapy about myself and why I'm so messed up and I don't want to resent them because they're quite literally disabled and have no control. <laughs> but I'm really not trying to be around you guys right now. That's also part like, of it, though. Like that is right. part of it. Like as and, and I was much, I was very confused about that too. And I like when I was in therapy and going through that part of it, like, like what? Because one of the first, not first things, but very early on, I was like the way that I felt like I felt ashamed of, of Angela. Right. Right. And I was very confused. I cried a lot about it and I was like, I don't get it. Right. Cause I'm like, I've spent the better of like 20 plus years being fine. Right. Like right. whatever. But I, it, one of the things that I'm still working through it. Right. It's like, you know, that is part of part of it. It's like not being in denial. Right, because yeah. there is, and I mean, it, it's it's this very strange feeling because it's like, why would I be resentful or ashamed if like they're your brother or your sister, like you love them yeah. and there's all these things, right? But at the same time, right, like you you can't say that like my life wasn't affected, 
No, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like I got, I got a pet goldfish and the goldfish was disabled. You know what I mean? Like, it's my my whole life was impacted for the better and worse at the yeah. same time. But it's like it was such a hard. I was very confused. Yeah. Kinda like, yeah. Right, but I, I think. But, but you I didn't realize it until now. Yeah, exactly. And that's not what's, until I was that's about, what's yeah. fucked. Like, yeah. you know, it takes, yeah. it takes a minute to like, I, I say all the time and I'm actually curious if you Mm -hmm. feel differently because you are married. Like I have a very hard time going home on the weekends to see my family because it feels like a time machine. Like it's, you know how they say like, you can't heal in the place that you were hurt. Like sometimes I feel like when I go back to my parents' house, like, and my brothers are there, like nothing has changed. Like my mom, everyone's still in their pajamas all day because there's literally no energy to get them all dressed. My mom is feeding three, three separate breakfasts. And then once the last one is done with the breakfast and she starts making lunch for the next three, and it's like same shower routine. And I come home and I, I'm not in a new role. Like I, sometimes I feel like my career, I have such a great career, but I don't have a relationship or my own family. And I think that that's like this whole sibling situation has seriously affected that portion of my life and like and I think that's why I pour so much into my career why I'm so successful Mm. in that side but like when I go home I feel like I feel like that kid again I feel like I'm in a time machine and like it's fucked up like the only times I feel good going back to Long Island being in my parents house is when I'm in a relationship and it's even if I'm even if I'm in a really toxic bad relationship because like Mm. it feels like it feels like, oh, here I am finally with my own life. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like I, and I wonder like, cause you're married. Like, do you feel like you found, like, do you feel like you've like found your own life or like you've made, I think that's maybe what I am missing now. I've realized, okay, I found my identity, but now I need to find my family. I don't oh, know. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I feel I very guess, alone. Yeah. I guess I'll start from the time machine part and then I'll kind of like work my way yeah. to like where I'm at now. So I, I a hundred percent am with you in the time machine thing. Like I can, and what's crazy is like, I don't even have to be in my parents' home to feel it. Like I will just be in their presence yeah. with my sister. And it's like, bam, like you're 12. Yeah. Totally. There's no like, <laughs> yeah. So I definitely feel that whether I, whether or not I'm, like yeah what space we're in but if we're just in the same like vicinity i'll feel it um so when i was what was it so yeah either when i was so when i was dating my husband so i was still living at home my my solution to that was i would just hang out at his house right right all the time and just crash there because i was like it's easier yeah um so I would do that. That was kind of my way out at that time. Um, so when when I got married, so then I was out all. So that one was hard because that that was very much like, okay, I have my own life, but I'm adjusting to being married. But I'm in the time machine, and like, WTF? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, totally. and, and and it and it was that because. Like, for multiple reasons, and part of it's an aging, part of it's a therapy thing, but there are various things. Sure. Like, a lot of it was, like, 
you know how like when you when we were like 10 and you had all those very confusing feelings about being a simp but you didn't realize it was that so like the thing was i had that again but like yeah in that the second coming that's yeah and i like did i would be crying all the time out of anger like had no reason why my husband's like what's wrong i'm like i have no idea yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah. But I could feel i just felt everything and it was so hard and so it was this thing where so that's like what got me to start going to therapy was like kind of that all together yeah and so i think one of the things like in as i was going to therapy it's this thing where for my identity, I had a very hard time with it because I was so attached to being my parents' daughter, being my sister's sister, and like being right. this person who did all these things in this order and being organized. Like, it's very much like I could very much lay out who exactly who I was. And it's. And like, not mention yourself at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. And so it's just like, well. So, so I'm working through that. I'm working through anger, all this stuff. And so I, eventually I get to, what is it? So, oh, so the, so we fast forward. Oh, so then we get to the pandemic. I guess we'll just jump from there to yeah. that point in time. So, so I will say, thank God I was not living at home with my parents and my sister during the pandemic. I would have just moved out oh, out yeah. of yeah. sheer will or something. Like I, I would not, there for various reasons. Well, you understand, but yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just, I couldn't do it. So I, I'm very thankful that I was not in their home at that time. But I think that it wasn't the pandemic that did it, but it was just because at that time we were also looking like, okay, if we wanted to buy a house sure. at some, yeah. in some form. Right. And so when we did all these math, we did all the math and we did all these and had these conversations and it, was, and it was very much. And part of that conversation was my sister at, that point was going to move in in like six months or a year or whatever. Right. So I knew that her housing was solidified. So I was like, you know, we could move. And I think like, it's this interesting thing where after we moved, it's very much like I have like space to like figure out all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I, I'm being left alone. I don't have to, yeah. I can choose who I want to talk to. Like, and I love my friends. Right. But there, there are people in the time machine thing, right? You're just like, you know, you have you're to. not quite worth the effort for me to like spend the energy versus kind of my, some, some other friends who are more, you know, kind of what we're talking about. Like yeah. they're willing to listen to kind of like what our they story is and like, and be there. And I think like that was a very, having the space to like, kind of sit in silence and not be yeah. panicky right because that because because it took me a long time the the thing that it was it's the silence plus the um me being alone in a house of any sort even if there are people there because my right. my thing growing up was like so my sister she wasn't loud um but the thing was like I I don't know how I'm gonna explain this properly I'm gonna try but like yeah. so my my problem is like I felt alone, even though there were people in the house. Of course. Right. And so my issue was, like, if you're in the house, but, like, you're asleep in a different space, like, I, I like, have, like, separation anxiety or something. I don't, that That's not quite what it is, but that's just for sure. to illustrate it. 
right? And so that was my thing. And so when I was here, I was like, wait, like I'm now in this big house and like, what do I do? And so it, but it's interesting because kind of when you were talking about like finding home and like you moving apartments and stuff, right? Like I realized that like the physical space isn't going to solve everything, but I did recognize that if you do enjoy your physical space, that helps a lot with like the safety net and that creates a closer like it like the step is yeah. larger to towards Absolutely. kind of finding your like the family part of it and i think like i'm very fortunate where my husband when he interacted like i mean obviously being a sibling in the dating world is a whole other fiasco i'm right. sure as you probably already know that but but i think i was very fortunate that he uh like when when we were talking about it, he was willing to understand it. And when he met right. her, that's like a whole other story. But like that's, yeah. but I think it was very fortunate that those things aligned. And I know that that's, unfortunately, not everyone can have that. But it is, yeah. it's a very, like, I, I, yeah, I think that's, that is part of it. For my, for me personally, I think my husband helped a lot with the navigation of my identity crisis sure yeah and it's it's kind of like this it yes and i'm I'm trying to like i'm like hearing your question in my head i'm like i am answering it but i'm not answering it well no i I, I, I love i love yeah i totally get it and i'm actually finding i'm like i feel like this is a therapy session because i'm i know i know i'm I'm finding answers that i need right now yeah yeah. i don't know if you caught that but that was me asking you to like help me like figure this shit out no i I did that's why i'm I'm like like, like, i don't mind sharing my story like like but that is a genuine thing right because it's like yeah you could ask your therapist that but that's different than asking a sim right and i and i get that like i I totally understand but go on i love what you (laughs) i love what you said though about like all those people being in your house and you still fell alone and like the reason for that is because all those like when i think all those people in my house, like I had the three boys and then there would be three after school, three ABA teachers. And then at three or five o'clock, they would shift and SCO teachers would come. That's life skills. So at any given time, there was, there was three to six teachers in my house on top of the three boys with my mom. Yeah. And I always felt alone. And that's because nobody was there for me. Yeah. And I come into this physical space and you think, oh, it must be so nice to be alone. Or anytime I'm with a group of people, I still feel alone because it's not, yeah, it's not for me. And and when you said like, it's like about like not panicking, like the reason I keep getting into these struggle relationships, really, really toxic relationships is because being in this house without having anyone here for me mm-hmm. is fucking painful and it's yeah. like I'm tired of it like I've been doing this my whole life I've lived I lived 26 years in a space where nothing was ever about me mm-hmm. and so I move out and now I continue that feels right it feels wrong when things are about me so I continue to get into relationships mm-hmm. where it's about the other person. The other person needs more because that's what feels comfortable. Yeah. You know? Yep. But then at the end of the day, you just keep, it's a, it's a cycle. It's a, it's a pattern. And like, 
here I am in this quiet apartment and like everyone's like wow look at this nice apartment you have and like this great life and it's like well every morning and every night I'm like who am I like who's yeah, there who for am me I? what am like, I why am I like yeah why why am I like am why? I ever sometimes I wonder if like my life is meant for other people like am I meant oh, yeah. to be yep, here to, like <laughs> Am I, am I literally meant to be here to help heal other people? Like, am I ever going to get, am I ever going to get the, the support or not the support, but like the level of love that I give. And that's not a knock to my friends and that's not a knock to my family. But I think that there are some things that like, that only like a really intimate relationship can, can fill, you know? And I wonder if, I wonder if a lot of sibs feel the same way as I do, or if I'm just like a millennial girl living in New York City, dating, <laughs> dating a cesspool of men. You know what I mean? No, like, it, it's, <laughs> like, what is it? Yeah, no, it's, it's tough because it's like, it, and it's, inter- it's, it's if you're, interesting because, if your listeners, if your listeners yeah. haven't gathered by now, sis is going through a breakup. So yeah. that's, that's where, <laughs> that's where we've turned yeah. this. So yeah. it continue, continue. Yeah, I I think part of it is, well, I think I mean there's various things, but I think one thing is the dynamics of having more than one sibling that's disabled of any sort, really. Right. Because right? because it's one thing, it's one thing to ask whoever you're going to be your partner in life or temporarily or whatever, right? It's one thing to say. Hey, like I have like a brother or sister, and they have this disability. Whatever it is, it could be blindness, it could be in a wheelchair, but like whatever, right. like it could be, yeah. dis- it could be an intellectual disability, right? And that's one part. And I feel like generically, most people are like, oh, like you know, I can accept your your luggage, fine, yeah. whatever, right? But but the issue then is, oh, surprise! There's like like a box and a box and a box and a box and a box. And then they go, oh, just kidding. (laughs) And maybe that's why, like, maybe that's why I deflect by, you know, trying to find people that have more baggage than I do, just because I'm like, you know, it'll be, it'll look, it'll be easier for me. Like, you be the one with the problems. And then I can be the fixer, as I've always been. been, But it's like, but then you're sitting here and you're like, holy why do I feel so like why like why does everyone else seem to just like wake up with some serotonin and I don't yeah. like you and know it, what I mean yeah and, and it's this thing where it's like I I've, I mean I wish I had an answer to like ding but like it's, it's so hard because like, I I what I can't tell you is that I think people there are good people in the world and I think and I think there are people who can genuinely surprise you. Like, I have met a couple yeah. of people in my life where I was surprised at the level of the level of care that they have for me. Totally. Like, yeah. for me. Like, not, yeah. not even all the other Not your crap, family, right? just, not your friends, just you. Yeah, and I think, like, that, that's a, that's something where I'm like, you know, like, that, like, that's normal. Yeah, totally. Like, like, like the regular world normal, not our normal. But like, and, yeah, and I that's think, what's supposed to be. Yeah, and I think that's something that I'm coming to terms with right now. It's like this thing where it's like, you know, I, I've, 
I've put my life on hold. I've on, I've done all these things. I want I I want to eat this for dinner, not this. And it's right, but you you still go into your cabin. You open your freezer. You're like, yeah. oh, but that's my yeah. sister's favorite fruit. But like, right, and that that's that maybe or that may or may not ever be undone, right? But it's this thing where it, it's you know fi- finding someone who is willing and in general, whether it's a partner or not, yeah. finding someone who understands that you struggle with what you want versus what your subconscious is telling you because of totally. muscle memory is very like yeah. that's just hard. It's right? a, it's a finding friends battle. finding friends who do that is already like right hard right. enough. Find it alone like well, the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. You totally, know, like, totally. Well I, I should yeah. also be I should also be grateful and I'm sitting here I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh God, Allie, you're taking you're making it dark again. You're bringing it. Yeah, 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 we do that. We're good at that. I, I've, I've dark, been that Allie. person for years. Yeah. But I do have to time. I have to remind myself, like, as you're saying this, like, mm-hmm. no, you're right. Like, no, I haven't found an intimate relationship that's done that for me, but I have in the last five years yeah. have found a in, incredibly supportive group of girlfriends who are mm-hmm. who feel like they're raising me sometimes oh and that's, that's and amazing that's no, i'm so happy and for you. That's, that's, that's no that yeah that's no, no short like there's no short stick yeah, yeah no, that's amazing there's like it's it's no knock to my parents but like there's some things that i just feel like it's too late for my parents like yeah. i was a kid yep. and these were things that i would only be able to listen to them as a child and yes. yep. I'm, I'm in there. my 30s now and i'm yeah. not gonna like it just doesn't make sense i don't want to listen to them also because we don't live the same life like i say to my parents all yeah. the time like my parents had me when i was third when they were 30 they had yeah. my brother when he was when they were 32 so my parents got to live a normal life for 30 years like yeah. i did it I don't know anything else. No, right, so like, yeah, yep. so like sometimes I, as much as I feel like my parents are the only people on this world who could understand what I go through, no, they actually can't because absolutely they not. actually <laughs> had, they had a childhood. My parents met each other and, yeah. you know, like got to be kids. I did it. So it's like, I, yeah. one thing I have to be so, so grateful for is like my friend's patience with me. Like I, these, these last few, these last few years, like, like they've had to deal with me going through a lot of shit in just Mm -hmm. like relationships and depression and just like trying to find my way. And you're right. Like my friends are the ones that are, are teaching me that I am worth it. And that's, that's important to remember. Yeah, it's so valuable. And I will say like, as as females just like on the planet like regardless of the sib thing like female friendship and mentorship is so important and that's so completely important. on a different topic but it's so important I, and, it, and it especially just because you have three brothers that's like even more so right because you're kind of like oh you're mom Extreme. but you're not mom but you're older sister right but but it's so important yeah. to have other to have other women who tell you you matter and to really yeah. cultivate like it's okay that you cry and you're upset about this and it's okay yeah. you make your own choices right and having like another woman affirm that and a group of women who affirm that it's it's totally that is so much that is so much healthier than finding trying to find a significant other to do that right and i'm very fortunate totally. that my husband was able to do that and i've been i've been good groups of people but i will say like from a healing standpoint like that's so valuable that you have 
that group that's willing totally. to kind of like, and they're going to be your, like your safe haven from whoever is going to try to bombard you with whatever. Like, and that's amazing to have enough. people who really can safeguard you in a way that's healthy for you. Like it, that's, yeah. that's invaluable. And that's, that's yeah, great. It is. Yeah. It makes me actually sad thinking now about, and this is so off brand for me because <laughs> I am, I am a good morning ladies and disappointments type of girl. <laughs> But like the men, like they are so like they, their friendships from what I feel, I don't know this, maybe guys can reach out and tell us differently, but like, it seems like male friendships don't really get that deep. And it makes me sad for male siblings that might be in our situation that might Mm. be in their late twenties, early thirties that like are feeling this way, but really don't have anyone to talk to and probably do the same thing. Take it take it to intimate relationships yeah. because they can't you know it just it makes me wonder and that's I think the the need for this conversation in general it's more a mental health conversation I think and like a loneliness than it is about our about our siblings it's a yeah it's a brain it, thing it is but the interesting thing about that as you bring that up it's like but it's like if you only well, I'll use the word attack. That's it's a little too aggressive. But if you only like, address, there we go. Right. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Like loneliness, <laughs> mental health. Like it's funny because I think about like the version of myself that first started going to therapy. Yeah. Right. And oh if I had just addressed Oof. like my yeah <laughs> my stress level and loneliness and stuff, like I would that that would help, but it doesn't. It's not the same. Yeah. Like, do you know? Like, like it's very, it's important, but it's just with the sibs. There's so there's a whole another nuance of of being a sib compounded with loneliness. Because you can have yeah. those things. Th- those things live separate. Without, I think. Yeah. But in in sibs specifically, I feel like there's it's very it's very much connected. But the irony is, like, I, in my personal opinion, I feel like most sibs don't realize it till you hit 30. Yeah. Just for, and I think that could just be a multitude of factors. But I think age, and I think age as a sib, like, it it fascinates me kind of, like, as I've talked to different sibs who are kind of, like, in different age ranges, right? It's, there is a shift once you hit like kind of 29 30 it changes like there's things that massive in in and i don't know i don't know if that correlates to like stuff in mental health spaces where that also correlates yeah. or not right which that's, that's a little sciencey for us but like i'm sure somebody right, out know, there right? someone knows like let me know yeah but i think that's it's so and i think that's why like as you were saying like having this connection and having this dialogue right like with with glass children in general it is great like that's that is important and i think as a subsidiary of that as sibs like it's really important because if if all sibs feel as lonely as we do you know plus or minus a couple of points like we really need to like have this dialogue yeah yeah i would i would hate for everyone that's a sib just to go on with their life and not what right and they and and whether they're they are engaging in the dialogue can be one thing but it's kind of like what you said right if you just listen to someone talk about hey i felt this way and you go oh shit like 
I, I'm not the only one who felt that way, and it's normalized, right? And that was one of the things that my... When I first started going to therapy, that's the one of the first things she told me was, like, we have to normalize what you feel because it is normal. You, you mm. can't... You, people are mad at their parents. People... Are yeah. people are not the people like 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 two things can be the same at one time two exactly. different things your parents did love you but they didn't give you everything you needed that's yeah and okay we to can say. acknowledge both and and it's okay that you're sad about it and it's okay that you're angry about it. it's okay that you want to hate them and you want them to jump off a bridge like that's not wrong to feel right. that like you don't you shouldn't push them off the bridge right bandage. like right. there's a threshold right. but like I think. That, and that's the other thing that we even, I mean, we've been talking about, right? But, like, we pick our battles so much that we won't pick the battles to fi- to feel our feelings. And that's a big yeah. deal, right? And if anything, that's, like, the issue in the mental health space as for Sims, right? Like, right, yeah. if I'm so preoccupied with, like, is Andrew going to throw a tantrum? Are my parents going to yell at me? Are my relatives yes. going to be pissed off that we're late? Are, am I going to be hungry later? Like, well... And I, I could have chosen to say, had I known the language, I'm overwhelmed and I would like a hug. <laughs> right? <'Cause>, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god! Crack the code! Right? Like, like, really? That's like, that, that's, that's what I needed. I, I just wanted to come someone to come over to me, say, Charlene, like, hey, yeah. this is overwhelming. I'm sorry you feel this way. Here's a snack. We're gonna spend time together, and it's gonna be okay. And acknowledge that snack. I feel overwhelmed, and then move on. Like that's that's what I needed. But yes. I didn't know that. They didn't know that. I can't yeah. vocalize it. So I just so I've spent years not saying that. So now I see it all the time. Yeah. Right. Well, I, the, I say like, hey, like I I need to just, st-. but it's so easy to not say that. Yeah. It's yeah. So easy well, to especially just, like, when you're when you're a little kid too. Like, how are you yeah. supposed to know? And this was one of the conversations I had with somebody else recently mm-hmm. saying like, oh, I understand why they say it takes a village to raise a kid. But <laughs> when when the kid is autistic, the village disappears because everyone's yeah. afraid. Oh, I don't know how to do it. And it's like, well, actually, so a lot of the times I think about like if there was one aunt, one uncle, my grandparents, if anyone like because my grandparents were so overcome with grief about their three disabled yeah, their three disabled grandkids yeah. that that they didn't it's like I was literally invisible to almost every it Everyone. feels like yeah. or not because I because I kept it so together and because I was so good with the boys and I was so independent everyone thought oh Allie's got it and it's yeah, like yeah. if there was one adult that would have given me a snack <laughs> given yeah. me a hug Without yeah. me having to ask, like there, there yes. were adults that would do would do that after I had a public meltdown because someone was staring at the boys and I had a blowout yeah. fight with an adult. Like they would do those those things for me in those moments when I was having a meltdown, but preventatively, like it would have been so much easier if they, yeah. you know, preventatively would have been there for me, you know? Yeah. But I feel like it's it, funny you said something before and I wrote it down, like, I feel like I am constantly battling between wanting to be seen and wanting to be invisible. It's like my whole childhood, I wanted to be invisible, like outwardly. I wanted to be invisible. I didn't want anyone to look at us because the more eyes on us, the more traumatic this scenario is going to be. But I so badly, so badly wanted to be seen inside, right? I so badly wanted people to to notice me, notice Allie. And now outwardly 
I have such bad social anxiety because of all the shit that we went through in public yeah. growing up with them. Outwardly, I want to be invisible <laughs> again. Yeah. But so badly, like when I'm not seen, I start having tantrums. Like yeah. it's it's just so interesting. It's just a constant back and forth. No, yeah. I so sometimes I I ask my husband like, do you feel like you're raising a child? Because like like what we we're talking about, yes. earlier, right? Because because there's times, and and I mean we talk about it a lot, but it's, uh, there, I do feel bad about it sometimes, and other times I'm like, you know, I do feel bad, but like in the grander scheme of things, what I'm doing now and asking him to do is a vast improvement from what like much earlier on in a relationship. Well, I would literally throw tantrums. Where I would just scream, yeah. I would yeah. cry, like, for no reason. And, yeah. and I think the, 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 one of the greatest tools of therapy, which there's many, but one of the thing is, biggest thing is being able to use words to communicate how I feel, right? The feelings yeah. feel is great. Like, I just have it in my house because there's just times. And I think I, I didn't realize how often of the time that I felt anxious, for various reasons, but I was like, well, why do, so, because now I can ask myself, like, why do you feel anxious? Because before I would have just felt anxious and been like, oh, forget it, and I would have, like, you know, drowned myself in homework and studying and, like, music, or I would have just, you know, kind of drowned out the silence thing, like, you turn up your music super loud, you go on the spreadsheets, you kind of just whatever, and it's like, now I'm like, okay, so, and now it's funny, because it's like, if I feel like, doing those habits like oh i need to work whatever i'm like no something is wrong i need to yeah. like sit i like That's... grab my stuffed animal and i give it a hug and i'm like okay like what's happening because yeah i i've learned that that's what i do i mean other people do different things right when they feel yeah. stressed or whatever but that i realized like if if that's something i need like yeah i have to always ask myself how i feel because i'm so used to not addressing how I feel or just putting it under the radar or suppressing it because if it if on the outside it looks like your emotions are more distraught than mine on right on the outside then I will suppress and then let you know people please or whatever the thing is right mm-hmm. yeah when you said before like it's actually one of the first things it's in the introduction of my book like when I was a kid, I had to act like an adult. So yeah. now as an adult, I'm acting like a child. And I yes. think <laughs> I think it's super, super amazing that you are identifying those feelings and actually taking like the steps to like challenge them in the moment because I've been in therapy for probably three and a half years now. And I'm mm-hmm. so blatantly aware uh and I could see it all so clearly, my patterns. Yeah. And it is so great. fucking hard to not. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And then I do nothing but... about it. The, oh, it's so, okay. I it's see. so <laughs> hard. Okay. Yeah. And I think, like, like maybe it's because of the severity of my situation. Um, yeah. Like, one thing I want to say is that I, I did have something happen to me recently where I finally feel like the wall was broken down I like I've been Mm. seeing it I've been seeing the pattern but I just kept wanting to try just keep trying and no I could do this I could do this and I just had something happen to me recently where I'm like nope 
no more like and I really feel like I'm going to probably finally start to in those moments try to use the tools that therapy has given me but it just makes me realize that like a lot of people act like go to therapy you're gonna get better and it's just like healing is your responsibility this and 100%. you can have a million and one resources around you but at the end of the day if you don't take responsibility for your own bs and like it's not and it's not bs because here i go like i'm blaming myself or whatever if you don't take responsibility for the for the things that you know you've been through then you're never gonna you're never gonna like be able to try to heal and they also say that healing isn't linear right so like maybe we'll have a good couple years and then go back down and then go back up or whatever but it's definitely super refreshing to talk to a sibling specifically who like has is actively like feels those bubble those moments those triggers kind of come up and then you are like oh wait why do I feel this way because I do like my therapist shimmy she's my person like my advocate like when I'm not in a relationship I'm able to pull up those little things about wait what is this why do I feel this way and then I'll get into something and then I lose myself and it's Mm. like you know but now I'm starting to realize like no like there's you have to be dedicated to yourself like maybe maybe if I put as much care and as much like if I give myself the the amount of responsibility in my head as I think I have that my brother that I need to take care of my brothers for the rest of my life if I like cared about myself that much too like I need to take care of myself for the rest of my life too like maybe that'll maybe that'll help yeah and it and it's yeah it's definitely it's all the things you said right it's hard it's all these things and I will say like the one of the things which I think having your group of friends who are helping like with the what's your self-worth right like I will say that is part of it like when I first was first started going therapy it's like oh okay that's cool right like I have things but when I really hit certain points in time and like instances of whatever it was like like your wall right like it I was like you know I like I am better than this yeah right like I and and, and everyone has to hit their own wall to to hit it and I'm and on some level, like, you know, maybe it's good you hit the wall, because at least if you hit the, you hit you it, have like, to, okay, you like, have to. yeah, yeah. And, and it's definitely, like, having, having your own, like, like, believing in myself was so hard, it's still hard, but, like, I much, I much yeah. improved them from, like, if you had talked to, the, like, the pre-therapy version of me, or even just pre-anything, like, 20, 20 years old, right, like, yeah, the amount of, the amount of, like, like what you were saying, like self-degrading, self-blames, finger yes. pointing, whatever at myself for things that were literally had nothing to do with me. I would apologize yep. for crap oh that has absolutely nothing to do with anything other than like a coincidence that we happen to stand there. Right? I would, I didn't do anything right, but but un untraining yourself from that to yeah. believing you have worth in general is already hard. Yeah. Now yeah. we're going from you have worth now we're going to improve it by doing all these other continually hard things by validating your feelings acknowledging it yep. and like being self right like there's this like there's these big things where i found that like it is like as hard as what i'm doing is now like but because i 
start to believe in myself, that's yeah. what, like, kind of, like, helped, um, let's not cascade. There's a catalyst in it. There we go. That's yes. the word. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's, exactly. And, it's, and the, the, yeah. And it's nice that, because at least, like, for, for as long as you've been in therapy, at least you're aware of the tools. Because at least the oh, more yeah. that you're aware, you're, because you're familiar with, like, time. oh, they can kick in fast versus, Oh, I just still don't. I mean, and so yeah. I don't know. Shit happened. It's just it's it's yeah. hard being a sim. Well, like it's it. hard you, being in the world. <laughs> like when you said before, not... like you hit the wall. Like I had a I had a thought. Like I'm sure I'm gonna hit many more walls. Yeah. Like in the you, future, but you, like the yeah. biggest thing is like like forcing sibs, forcing ourselves to put ourselves first. Yes, and that in itself with or without therapy with or without anything help it's just it's very to. difficult <laughs> it's so it's so hard that's that's what yeah. the that's what the lesson is it's just you have yeah. to like i i will not like i won't cook for myself i won't make myself like you know what i mean like yeah i won't uh, do someone that either will, I, I get someone it <laughs> will, someone will sleep over and i'm like hell yeah want to make a big breakfast pancakes mm -hmm. I'm up an hour before them. I'm making them coffee or I'm in a relationship and the, my boyfriend's snoring and I wake up cause I want to make him coffee. I'm not in a relationship and I will sit in bed and I will starve myself until one in the afternoon. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I own, like, it's just caretaking. You only want to take care of others. And it's like, Nope, you deserve to be taken care of and by yourself, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm learning. Um, do you want to send me an invoice for this therapy session? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll give well, you my address. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it's uh <laughs> Do you take kinda... United Healthcare? Is right. what I'm <laughs> because, you know, it's expensive out here in yeah, New York. Yeah, oh no, City, it, so. it, it, it's it's <laughs> the yeah, but prioritizing ourselves whether it's like budget-wise, time-wise, mental right just mentally like you're just gonna take five minutes just to like breathe like yeah it's all all of it's important this um, has been very very refreshing for me though yeah. this is the first conversation oh, i've had with a sibling like literally ever like is it like, any like no i've talked to siblings before like well, let me not I'm, be stupid but like yeah. <laughs> like i've only been in like i've been on panels like every time oh, i okay. talk to siblings i feel like i'm on display i feel like this is the girl with the three brothers. Like, you know, oh, like I, almost, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I okay, feel like yeah. a, I feel like a figure. I've always been, I've always been talking as an advocate. I've never had just a one-on-one -on -one casual conversation of, wow, you've been through the same, the same shit that I have been through. And we come from totally different lives. So totally different cultures, totally different ends of the world. And yeah. it's just, it's like really refreshing and nice to like, to just hear it from somebody else, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I really, I appreciate you sharing and, and, uh, inviting me to do this. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm like, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, should I be, I'm like wrap, like my tone is wrapping it up, which is, is not my podcast. I need to shut up. But like, yeah. I just want, wanted you to know that like, this has been very, oh, I feel better. I feel good. Yeah. I oh, I'm glad. Oh no. And, and that's one of the things that I think is great. Like is when you talk to other sibs, it's so easy like, I feel, like, no hindrance to jump from, like, really funny, like, we were clearly laughing about a variety of things, right, to really hard stuff, because it's, it's so, like, it's so easy to, like, 
I'm like gesturing that that anyone can see this other than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but, Save. Yeah, but it's 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 so easy. It's duality. And yeah, and I'm so thankful that like people are willing to like just share like about their lives, and then that's that's one of the things that I I'm like I love talking to people, so I'm like might as well just talk to Sims and record yeah. it, and it just yeah makes the world go round because it's just like we we have such like great stories and we're we're such great people and it's like people, yeah people are missing out on like the real us right like like what yeah, you shared exactly. with me that's the real you right like there, well, there's a panel the... version of you that's real but like this is like exactly. this is Allie right this and is that's, me yeah yeah that's the whole reason I wrote this book too was because yeah. I feel like the only conversation I ever had about my life and my siblings was focused around the logistics and the boys and. Yeah. Allie as a sister the story has never been about me and yeah. it's never been about how I was affected so I like I sent you the book it's in the mail I'm going to send you the tracking okay. um after this I almost I almost think that we should have a follow-up conversation after you read it whenever that happens oh, because yeah. I just feel like there might be just like just more in, like just actual stories for us to talk about you know what I mean oh, like oh yeah yeah I, I felt like after I watched like the TED talk uh, on glass children, I wanted to talk to a sibling because I was like, I was like, whoa, hello, yeah. this is my story. You just said it to me. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested because I've had, I've had a, more parents of, um, of disabled kids read it than siblings. I haven't had a conversation yeah. with the sibling post reading it yet so I'm definitely oh, okay. interested I'm interested to see how you feel yeah after, it'll be fun if, because I've also you know, met you before so exactly. it'll be a good like hey like well that's you'll the- hear me too <laughs> yeah. one thing I, I'm getting a lot is that like from people that don't know me even like that they can when they're reading it they hear my voice because I you know I'm a New York girl I have a very yeah. very 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 unique tone of TOV and tone of voice yeah. isn't necessarily like diction it's just the way i the no, way but I that, speak. yeah and it's like but it's not yeah the 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 thing that i found is that the there's an increasing number of people that have published books post 2020 that are sibs about some form of being a sib whether yeah, it's like totally. their own personal story or something um tangentially related so it's totally yeah it'll be exciting because then what i'm hoping to is like at, so yeah as i'm talking to people who've written most i'm like here, everyone, read more. Like, here's more books for everyone just to, like, share yeah, the yeah, love yeah. of, like, of just hearing more, hearing more of, like, everyone's personal story and everything. Of course. So it'll, be, it'll be fun. Um, are there any words of encouragement that you would like to... I mean, we've talked about lots of things, but yeah, do you have any, like, you know, one, top, top whatever number list of encouragement you would like girl, to give to fellowships? <laughs> girl, I got words of encouragement. Great. Um... <laughs> I think my words of encouragement, uh, I don't want it to be corny. I think so. They're going to, it's going to sound a little negative probably coming off first, but I'll bring it back up. Like, okay. <laughs> I like, I know what it's like to have someone reach out to you and be like, Oh, you should go to this support group or you should. Oh, I, I, I know somebody that has an autistic brother. You should talk to them or you should whatever, <laughs> like, it's a, it's like a lonely, it's a lonely journey that only you can get yourself to. I think like your parents can't force you to go to therapy. You, right. you're, especially when you're a kid, you don't want to, like, I, I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to be as normal as I could. 
the one thing I will say is that you're not alone, I guess. Like there's, there are so many people that feel what we feel and they don't even necessarily have to have our family situation. There are so many people that go through other things. And I think like our situation is almost a blessing because it kind of forces you to be real and honest and raw um, with this world. And I think like as time goes on, this world becomes more superficial and more fake and more about appearances. And I think we need more people like us, like more people who are willing to be honest and show the whole story um, and say like, there's, there's no shame in being depressed. There's no shame in like, I like to say duality a lot because like, I don't want to be looked at as the victim. I don't want to be looked at as the depressed girl, but I also don't want to just be looked at as the hot girl or the popular, the the funny girl. Like, like you can be the two things at once. Like it's okay to be like, happy on social media and posting selfies of yourself and then the next day to like be really honest about the fact that you're sad like I think like my words of encouragement is like the realer you are with yourself and the and everyone around you the realer everyone around you will be with you and like yeah that's not not always the case you'll like definitely run into I'm finding that like my heart leads me into leads me to a lot of people that aren't the best people because Mm -hmm. they see I'm compassionate and whatever but there's also the strong side of that like there's there's just good that like I feel I'd rather be a good person and get taken advantage of than then be angry and be bitter or Mm. you know like I think like what are my words of my words of encouragement is to just like like don't don't when you want to go inside and isolate try not to like try to try to try to find a way to connect and even if it's not with somebody in our community find something to connect to like your your community like I feel so connected to where I live in Brooklyn my little neighborhood and it's not even that I don't even have any friends in this town but I have my restaurants that I go and like in the last few years like I go to my Pilates studio like the people that work at the restaurants all live Mm. in town like people say hi to me on the street now like find your own identity like maybe that's the word of encouragement is find something for you yeah find something for you that is only for you like like I got my cat when I was in college like and I thought like that was the first thing I got that was like for me and only for me and like I wasn't supposed to get him because my mom was allergic and the boys are terrified (laughs) and I did it any and I did it anyway you know but like yeah I guess it's just like you know do find find something out there that's find someone or something out there that's your advocate that's just for you you know whether that's a therapist or an activity or a place or you know just something that you can kind of come home to that's it something you can come home to awesome yeah that that makes you feel like you're at home yep exactly
Exactly. Cool. Awesome. That's what um, I got. Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> it. It's Love a good it. summary. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. I'm sure you will be back. Thank you. Thank you for having fun. me. Yeah. This is so much fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Special Needs Sibling Podcast. If you're new here, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help more siblings and friends find us. You can also support the podcast by donating on Ko-fi. That's K-O-F-I. You can check out the link in the description for more info. If you're a special needs sibling, I hope you feel encouraged and validated in your journey. If you're not a sibling but know someone who is, I hope you learned a little bit more about what their life is like. That's all for now, and until next time, this is the Special Needs Sibling Podcast.